Dicey Performance is recorded at Umeå Folkuniversitet. It contains adult themes and adult language. Hello everybody and welcome to the very first episode of Dicey Performance Apocalypse World. Here to harboring in the end of all times is me, the game master, or in this case the master of ceremonies, as this game refers to me as, Jakob Sandstein. And with me, I have four unfortunate survivors, starting with... Uh, Jens Gabrielsson. Verona Krit. Alexander Sten. Fjala de Fries. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. Hi. Welcome. Thanks. I'm not <laughs> sure you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be as welcoming as I can, you know. It's a, it's a rough time out there. You're doing great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. See, it's, it's great. We're 30 seconds in. I'm already getting compliments. <laughs> I, I feel like this is going to go well. Do they mean it though? I don't know. I've oh. never. I've. I have. Uh, full disclosure. I have role played with Jens in the past, and he's usually sincere, or he's been playing the long con for like over a year now. You'll never know. We <laughs> goof. All right. Well, but how are you guys doing? How are we feeling today? Pretty solid, all things considered. Though I will say, walking in here is a little bit like you know. Af- like entering a building after being handed a very flowery invitation card that says, "Have you considered Scientology?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are we are recording in a in a new setup. Uh, we are in the library of the Umeå Folk Universitet today, which which honestly is a great setting for for what we're about to do. It's very pretty. Oh, mm. yeah. it's so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Different so perspectives, books. I suppose. Yeah, mm, but it's pretty. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you call this tiny, but the we used to record in this very, very cramped booth with two of the cast members having to share a microphone. So, <laughs> you know. Luxury. It was I a know. pre-corona world. Everything was crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Good times. Everything's changed now. Yeah, these days we all just record on phones. <laughs> <laughs> If if anyone if anyone's listened to session zero and wonder why it is wildly different from this one, it's because it's recorded on my phone, and I apologize, and I'm glad if you listen through it. Uh, <laughs> however, um, I think that we should get going. Uh, we should start off, and since we have both the hocus and the hard holder in this game. Before the game even starts, we're going to need some dice rolls from you. Because uh, Verona's character, uh, who we're going to be introduced to later, is the like de facto political leader of this situation. So she's going to roll a dice to see how well that leadership is going. Okay. And uh, Alexander's character, who is a cult leader? I mean, the Scientology joke earlier was <laughs> intentional. <laughs> uh, it's going to roll to see how well the cult is doing. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with Verona. Um, you're rolling plus hard. Okay. So whatever number you have on the hard skill, yeah. that's what you that's what you add to the to the roll. Cool. Uh, so I got a six on the dice roll and plus two, so that's an eight. All right, all right. And can you can you say read what it says on on the um, fortune skill regarding an eight? Yeah, there. An eight is the best result on this, by the way, because it it means we're gonna get some wants. Ooh, exciting. Oh, no. 
not all is well in the political spectrum it's of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty Who much. Who would have guessed? So, uh, you want to tell us, just read verbatim <coughs> what it says, what the skill says? It, it's called, oh, no. like, wealth or fortune yeah, okay, or okay. something yes, like that. Yes, there it is. Sorry. Uh, if your hold is secu secure and your rule unchallenged, at the beginning of the session, roll plus hard. On a 10 plus, you have to surplus at hand and available for the needs of the session. On a she did not get 10 plus. <laughs> no, but I did, I did get an 8. And on a 7 to 9, you have surplus, but choose one want. On a miss, or if your hold is compromised, or your rule contested, your hold is in want. Okay. So, wh so what this means is that your hold has, you have surplus, yeah. so whatever it says uh, that your surplus is, mm. you, you get that immediately. So you can add that to your character. Okay. But you have to choose one of the wants to be true. Oh. Can you tell us about the wants of your holding? Hunger and savagery? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> would you like people to be hungry or, or would you like people to be savage this session? feel like fuck it go with savage okay yeah. so verona's army is currently <laughs> suffering savagery uh this will change things um and let's go over to alexander and roll for your cult of course and you get roll plus one i think yeah that's that's a failure you got a failure <laughs> that's a double one. Oh my goodness oh, oh goodness no. gracious <laughs> Can you tell us what that means for uh, your cult? Of course. Uh, the system is very much the same. In this case, I have the exact same thing. Either I get a, they have surplus, they have surplus and want, or they just have want. In what this are case... What are your wants? Savagery, desertion, and disease. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and I get to pick one of those. No, no. If it's in want, that means that every single want is triggered. If you get the seven to nine, you pick one of them. If you get six or less, which you did right now, all wants are, are on the table. Uh, to, to quote a, a great thinker before my time, fuck. <laughs> Be goof. So, so there's savagery in Verona's army and there's savagery in Alexander's cult. There's also, what was, it, what was the other ones? Disease and desertion. <laughs> The last one, you know, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Corona. This is going to be good. Okay, so, so the entire game starts off in a very uncertain time. But with that, I think we have what we need to start playing the game. And for anyone who hasn't listened to this before, I usually narrate this very much like a TV series. So just imagine you're sitting down at the sofa. You got your bucket of popcorn and you are about to watch a show the screen suddenly blasts open with light as we see a breaking news sign um, unfolding a very stressed reporter is reading off a teleprompter uh, shouting about civil unrest in almost every major Swedish city another uh, a, a cut to another news prompter talking about how the recent drop in temperature has caused several hundreds of thousands of deaths. Another newscaster standing outside the, the House of Parliament in Stockholm as people are throwing burning rocks at it, and the screen fades to black. Text appears reading, The 12th of June, 2076. And then snow starts to fall 
over the screen. We see a massive snowstorm laying, over, laying a white blanket over the now semi-ruined city of Umeå. But in the distance, there is a big source of light. And as the camera zooms in towards it, we see a large gathering of people standing on a bridge half melted off. Underneath the bridge, where once the Umeå River ran, is a, is a field of fire with waves of flame cascading through the river, licking at the supports of the, of the now ruined bridge. At the precipice of the bridge, we see a large gathering of people. At the further back, they are standing with big coats, like shielding against the, the raging blizzard. But as the people get closer and closer to the bridge and to the fire sea below it, people have been begun to take off their clothes. And at the very front row, most of them are standing almost entirely naked, their bodies dripping with sweat from the intense heat rising up from the Umeå River. And at the very front, uh, facing this large gathering, we see, uh, we see two men. One of them with a bag over his head, his arms tied to a, to a metal bar uh, over his head, and his body covered with bruises and cuts, him also sweating profusely. And standing next to him, we see another man with perfect crystal white albino skin, wearing a red suit jacket and pants. And he looks to be like maybe in his late 20s, early 30s. And he seems to be addressing this crowd. And he says, after much deliberation and much thought on my part, we have decided that this man, and he points towards the tied up man, will be condemned to the fire. As he has taken so much from us, he will now give back. As we must all feed the flame, as we must all give to make sure the heat does not run out, to make sure the increpid cold does not get us. All as one we have gathered here today to ensure that justice will be done. And as he says these, this, the, the people in the very front row all hold up their arms in supplication and in unison they shout, for the good of the fire, for the good of all. And as they do this, the camera pans into the larger audience. And which of the four of you do we stop at first? Who is standing closest to the front, basically? Uh, I, I suppose I could uh, be standing relatively close, observing the pr uh, proceedings through uh, a few heads, I imagine. Yeah, so you're like three, four, five mm -hmm. rows back. A few people do. What do, you, what do you look like? Like when the camera stops at you, what is it we mm -hmm. see? Uh, we see what would normally be a hooded visage, uh, currently pulled back as a matter of uh, heat, as dictated. It is a man, seemingly in his 30s, though it is a little vague to determine just where. 
a relatively smooth skin and unkept facial hair and bronzed skin to go with it. He has a set of tattoos covering a fair portion of his face, the right side with a what at first glance looks almost like a, like an oxen skull being branded onto his cheekbone, the other side of the face seeming more burnt to some degree, patches of it with hair missing with pinkish, relatively raw skin, uh, and there is no hair to, on his head to speak of. And and what does he look like as you as you see this this congregation? He is passive but disapproving, the way one a parent might disapprove of the children in the playground playing a bit rough, but not rough enough to be interjected. Mm, I see, and I think we see beside you we see uh, a la- a rather heavy set man who is standing like growling like very displeased at this and and he he's like nudging you to do something mm-hmm. it's like aren't, aren't we going to stop this aren't we going to stop this shit my dear jeff i assure you the time will come when these barbaric displays are put to an end but for now we must be patient virtue is after all something to be displayed not expected of others yeah you you say so, I guess. I just want to wreck some skulls, you know, but... No, we'll play it cool. We'll play it cool. Um, and the camera pans on from you, and we find someone else in the in this crowd. I think uh, Francois wants to know what's going on. Yeah. Because, I mean, gossip is kind of his lifeblood. He needs to have gossip to spread it and to know it, to bargain with it. So where in this in this line do we see Francois? Like how how close to the to the sacrifice are you? Well, not close enough to be sweaty, because mm-hmm. Francois doesn't like his clothes to be sweaty. He doesn't want to ruin his uh, fine white suit. Describe this man, this Francois, to us. So he's of average height, handsome, older gentleman, with a neat, dark gray hair and. Surprisingly tanned skin, despite the lack of sun. And what what do you look like right now? Like like what's your what's your facial expression as as we get the like first glimpse of this character? He's looking with interest at what's going on, squinting, the faint smile. Yeah. On his face. Is he there alone? I imagine he's standing next to. Uh, Fluffy Betty, Next right? To Fluffy Betty. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the camera just pans. Like, yes. I, I imagine because we've established Fluffy Betty to be quite tall. Yeah. Uh, so the camera pans like sideways up. So and we up, just and yeah. Up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would guess the same. Yeah. And so I think I'm quite bored. Yeah. I'm not as interested. I might look sad, but don't let it fool you. I'm quite bored with it. I mean, it's as usual, right? I mean. But but I like don't necessarily care for the dude, so Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh so you're you're just standing there kinda nonchalantly yeah. uh watching this. Yeah. Francois at the same time he can't really see over the crowd, so he's I'm, uh, I'm constantly asking Betty, what what are they doing now? What what can you see? What, yes. What's what's going on? Yeah, and then I just relate it back. What what do you say? Main purpose of it. Well I think I would go into detail more. So there's the guy with the red blazer he's talking yeah, a lot yeah. a lot and then the guy who's with the pole 
So the one who's gonna get thrown in, he looks confused and a bit sad. And then I would be like, yeah, but doesn't everyone who's gonna get justified that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So so is 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 he the guy you caught last night? Yes. Yes, it's definitely the same dude. Do Do you think he's the guy? I'm not so sure. I wasn't sure then, and I'm not sure now, but I'm not getting paid to think, so I think I'm good. All right, cool. And I think we cut from there, and where do we find the final uh, person? Are you even there? Uh, Cindy is obviously there, yeah. of course, but she's not in the crowd. Okay. She's just off to the side, somewhere secluded. No one can really see her, but she can see everything oh so you're standing like like a bit away from the bridge just watching this entire spectacle go down yes what do you look like i'm quite short as some people would put it uh she's like maximum 170 centimeters yeah no 160 not 170 160 (laughs) and um she's very fancy in her clothing and yeah so a white fur coat and a nice like black belt to enhance her waist, military boots, leather pants, and she, her hair is cut short in a asymmetrical bob. Yeah. And it's brown. Okay. And, and she's wearing shades. Oh, okay. So you're and so you're really killing it with this look. That we we cut over to you. We just see. Yes. We just see. Oh, so that's what we see. Like we cut to your face, but in your shades. We we see the um, um, the reflection of of like the ceremony going on 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 top of the bridge. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, are you there alone, or is there someone else there? No, I'm there alone. Okay. Uh, I don't like to be interrupted or disturbed or anything, hmm. so I'm just standing there, really calmly, just watching. Looking at the people, and the chanting, and this dude in in a red suit. He looks really handsome. That's what I think. Yeah, you're 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 giving him the like, like if you weren't wearing your uh, sunglasses, we could see that you're undressing him. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so the sacrifice like isn't even really there for me. I just go because of Ken or whatever the dude's name is. You obviously know the dude's name. <laughs> yes. Okay. So so we cut back then to to Ken, as as he's called this uh, red wearing albino preacher man, as as he goes now, my brothers and sisters, my dear followers, my lights of flame in the dark, as you all know, this man that you see before us has taken eleven souls from us. He has been found guilty of the most heinous of crimes, and as such, it is our desire, no, our duty to return him to the most holy fire. But we do not do this as one, we do this as all. And uh, the crowd, like, parts, or gets like, uh, because someone is like bulldozing through the crowd, carrying uh, a large brazier that has uh, like burning coals in it and and she she puts it down in front of this man tied to the pole and there is a a like burning iron stuck inside the bracer ken continues now my gathered people 
we will all condemn him to the flame. And Ken picks up this branding iron and cinches it into the flesh of the man tied to the pole as he, like, lets out a shriek of pain uh, and then pulls away. And immediately as Ken pulls away, uh, some of his, like, most devout followers, the people in the front row, like, start forming a line. And one by one, they take uh, the branding iron and they uh, plunge it into this man's skin. And once all the most devoted followers have done this, the line just continues with everyone there assembled, expected to perform this, uh, this rite. We do, not, we do not judge alone into the flame. We all judge into the flame. Bright Spider, you are pretty quickly, it, it starts coming up that it's, it's becoming your turn. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you doing? Uh, Bright Spider just, I just stay impassive. You 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 don't participate. Like he does, he doesn't participate. the The line forms as the line line wants, whether it includes him in the line or not. If it forms as it forms, however, he will just not interact. He will pretend it isn't there and stay watching the proceedings. So so uh, you do not fall in line, and mm -hmm. you suddenly feel like a, a shove come from behind, mm -hmm. uh, as uh, and and you hear a a woman's voice shout, "Get in line." And it's uh, you. You turn around, and look, and and this woman, she's one of the people who were like in the very front, and she is covered in in like scars from presumably a similar branding iron, mm -hmm. and she is looking at you aggressively. Mm -hmm. I think you've mistaken me for someone else, madam. I have no interest in uh, participating at this point in time. You are here for the ritual. All who witness must burn. Or else, or else, and and she looks and 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 she looks around, and two of the other like followers of this ritual have have now like stopped uh, tending to the line and looked and seen that there is someone, there is someone who does not want to play along, mm -hmm. and they are they are both looking at you, and I think uh, that Jeff, the heavyset man standing next to you, he starts looking a bit nervous, like. Like what are we what are we doing here? What's what's going on? Bright Spider will in this situation uh, give Jeff a reassuring pat. He is of quick temper. He cannot be faulted for this. Uh, and I will uh, step up to the woman, put a hand on put a hand on her shoulder, and speak a bit more quietly and say, "I assure you that this will cause much more of a fuzz if you try to push the matter. Surely the two of I, uh, the two of us, can get come to some kind of arrangement. After all, we wouldn't want to disturb this lovely ceremony with something as uncouth as physical violence. So that's a threat. Uh, I, okay. Uh, and and as such, I would like to you f to roll uh, to go aggro. Okay. On her. So roll plus hard. Uh, that would be a nine. So on a nine. Uh, it's it's me as the mm -hmm. GM who chooses this. So you say this, and and she looks around, and and inst like she looks at the two other followers of the of the flame, and they do not seem to be like eager to get into a fight. They seem to be pissed at her for her not doing her job mm -hmm. here, and and so she she looks at you with a no pun intended burning gaze, and then she like 
shoves you backwards, like away from the line, and says, then go. If you're not here to participate, you're not here at all. Then I never was to begin with. And I will promptly walk off. All right, all right. Um, the the line is getting closer and closer to to um, Francois and uh, Fluffy Betty Jr. B- Betty, what's going on? Are they stabbing him? Yes, they are, and it's up to us to participate or not. Well, I don't want to stab someone. This is my style. Well, they just had a standoff with Bright Spider, so I'm not sure if you want to participate in the standoff or just go with it. It's up to you. Well, I don't want to do it. Where are they harassing Spider? He's he's a good guest. He's true, a, very true. Uh, you see, there's only like three or four people now. Like people who are standing just around you are starting to get like mushed into the line. Hey, but let's get out of here. Can we just go to the to the cushion? I think that's a good idea. We can just turn around and leave. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with this. No, I think we're good. Yeah. So I think just as you turn around to leave, uh, Bright Spider, you like, in basically w- start walking in the same direction next to each other, on like just by by sheer chance. Lovely morning, isn't it? Hey, Mr. Spider. Evening. You come for poker on Thursday? I wouldn't miss it for the life of me. Though, as it does appear, I do have a trouble with lines as of late, so perhaps I might be a bit delayed. Uh, Betty, I hope you're doing all right. I heard there was a bit of kerfuffle about this matter involving your own prestiged persona. Yes, there was, but I handled it like always, so I think I'm good. Ah, the power of brawn, eh, Jeff? She kills things real good. Thank you. (laughs) That's my Betty. <laughs> All right. So, so the the three of you, or the four of you, with Jeff, then I assume you you head off. Uh, but the camera remains on this scene, but now solely from Cindy Sweet's perspective, as we see the last um, the last person on the bridge put the scorching iron to this now already sense long lifeless body covered in over a hundred marks. And when the final, uh, when the final scorching happens, Ken walks up to the corpse and with one hand just grabs the pipe that he is tied to and chucks it backwards as this man and the entire apparatus that he was tied to falls into the fire. And we cut from there. So where do we find you after this ritual? Well, um, Francois is in the in the cochon, the the pub that he runs. Yeah, preparing for uh, evening service. Meaning, working out have started, so I'm working. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, Fluffy Betty, you are having a rough time tonight as the bouncer. Like, it seems like whatever was going on with the fire ritual has really gotten people like riled up. You've already had to like punch out three people as the night is just getting started. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes me happy. Yeah, so we Some we, things have to. So I think we see the like front doors of the Le Cochon like swing open and we just see you like chuck out a person out into the snow. Yeah, I think that's relatively good. Yeah. yeah. Um Cindy, well, I'm in bed. Okay. Uh With Jeff. With Jeff. Okay, yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
that is that is not the turn of event that I thought we were gonna have today. But uh, sometimes you just get lonely, okay? You, you do what you gotta do, like Lon- lonely with the f- and cold. Yes, exactly. Thank some people you. get violent. Some people don't. <laughs> exactly. So, do we catch you like post post intercourse? Then is that what we're talking here? Yeah. 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 We uh, can do that. <laughs> so, so Jeff goes. I didn't see you down at the ritual by the bridge. You weren't meant to. Hmm. Fair point. It was a good show. Almost got to punch a fire cultist. Until Bright Spider stopped me, of course. So why do you follow this Bright Spider? Like, you're so ambitious. You're so competent. Uh You're such a smart guy. Why don't you just do something of your own? Maybe take over. What do you... What do you mean? Well, you know, like, we've been doing this for quite a while and I've kind of gotten to know all of you. And you like you have so many bright ideas. You could yeah. you could, you know I think I think you need to be more in charge. That's true. Like really, you should have more responsibility. You're a very resourceful guy and very ambitious. I think you can come up with something great. Roll to seduce or manipulate. I got a five. You got a five? So 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 he just looks at you and he says, Look, I didn't know that this was a pity thing, that we were doing some kind of pity thing here, but I know who I am and I know my place, and Bright Spider will lead us into a glorious cold future. And if you're trying to sabotage that, then and and he stands up like like pissed off. So like, then, then I don't think I can keep meeting you like this. No, that's not at all what I meant. I'm no, just... I heard I heard what you meant. You want me to take over? Bright Spider has been leading us to great fortune. Yes, I know that, and like I'm happy for you. It's just like. I think you could do with a little more responsibility. And I'm not saying you nope. should, no, you, you know, know. You know what? You're just you're just trying to manipulate me. I will not have I will not have any of this. I just want and what's I, best I'm, for you, please, honey. And he, he walks out. He walks out of the room. What a dick. So Bright Spider, where are you? Bright Spider is at this point uh, joining the uh, festivities at the uh, commonly known slop hole or the gray croissant which i cannot pronounce in french bright spider does not speak french <laughs> um but there there has been some uh, some murmurs some issues with uh, some people he holds very dear uh, his family if you will but until they can gather later in the evening he figures he might as well enjoy himself it's been a trying day so he uh, he passes betty with a little nod welcome Thank you very much. Not too rough of an evening, are we? No, no, no. Normal. It's good. A glass bottle smashes behind you on the wall. Normal. Yes, normal. Uh, He proceeds in and uh, weaves through whatever throng of people can be found in there to uh, get to the bar and say hi to his friend Francois. How you doing, Spider? Uh, I've been better. Trying day and all that. You you know how it is. Not everyone has the... um, clarity these days to see where we are headed but 
all swell that ends well, and it has far from ended. Yeah. I hope that bottle was empty, by the way. Another bottle smashes to the wall. Yeah, seems so. <laughs> I'll have someone clean it up later. Is the, what, what is happening here, I must ask? It seems, you know, sharply dressed fellows yourself, and with Betty on your payroll, I assume there'd be a little bit more calm around these parts? Well, you know, it's a rough night. Sometimes we have those. People are riled up about the ceremony mm. earlier. So I've heard. Get me something strong. I must be moving on soon. Well, we only serve one thing. which <laughs> Make it a double. You got it. So what is it that you, like, just don't say what it is. Just describe what, what you present to him here. So it's white, semi-viscous fluid. God. Uh, <laughs> sort of... About the consistency of milk, a little bit thicker, mm-hmm. a little fattier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yellowish, like eggshell white. It's it's just eggnog. You're just <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I mean, if you look outside, it the world is a constant snowstorm. So, yes, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it's eggnog. I don't think it's that pleasant. Uh, it's, uh, I believe it's fermented pig's milk, Ooh. which is about the only thing there is to ferment from these parts. I will be sitting at the the bar enjoying it, chatting idly in uh, awaiting the uh, set time later in that evening, mm-hmm. somewhere just after midnight when most of the re- sane world should be asleep. Mm. All right. So at the bar, then, I assume, Betty, that you, like, what is it you do on an on an evening? Like, do you patrol around? Are you partaking? What's no? I'm mostly stationary at the door. It's yeah. the best place to be. Okay, so wise. so Francoise, yeah. About two hours in it, to this like very rowdy night, you see these two people, and uh, you know them as Baloo and Rouge. Oh yeah, uh, and they are they are members of Kickshirts gang oh i don't like that guy and rouge she just comes like stumbling up to the bar and she goes hey fuck face hey rouge can i help you with something yeah i want a drink and baloo wants a drink too oh yeah where's baloo and 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 she just nods behind her and this like scrawny guy like kind of weasley looking guy he's, he's standing he's standing there and they're both like you can see in their eyes that they are both absolutely smashed. Mm. So clearly these two shouldn't have any more to drink. So I uh, pick up a glass. I have my bag of water, which I collected outside earlier. It used to be snow. Now it's water. And I fill two glasses of water. Yeah, so, so Rouge picks up a glass. She takes a sip of it and she spits it in your face. She's like, what the fuck is this? What, what game are you playing here? You think you're all fucking high and mighty because you control the alcohol? That's not very nice, Rouge. I'm not a very nice person. And she leans across the bar and she grabs you by your shirt collar and tries to pull you forward. I try to stay cool. And I uh, calmly yell, Miss Betty? I'm very aware of Can you come over here? Yes. I have looked at the situation the whole time and I was aware of it. But I also know you can make do with yourself for a bit. So I will come. Would you kindly show these two gentlemen out? Yes, if they cooperate, I can do that. Uh, Rouge, who is, is like holding him by the car, like, like, you don't talk about me, you talk to me. And I'm not fucking going anywhere. Now you listen here, you better serve me a goddamn drink. And she pulls a pistol 
and she's now pointing a gun at you. You don't get to act like that in my establishment. And Put the gun down. Or what? So um, I reach for the shotgun that I've conveniently taped under the bar. Okay. And I pull it out. All right. So so is this, are you threatening now? Presumably. Uh, then go aggro. Roll plus hard. That's a good roll. <laughs> I got a six. Excellent. So so you pull out the shotgun and, and, and just, like, what do you do? Do you say anything or do you just point it? Like I point it. Yeah. And I say, uh, you're not welcome at my establishment. She shoots you. You take two harm. Everyone in the bar suddenly stops as the sound of pistol fire rings out. And Franz, like, two harm is pretty serious. Like, you start, like, you have to take a few steps back. And blood is starting to flow out on your immaculate white clothing. Is that what you have? Yeah. Yeah. White suit with gold detail. Fluffy Betty. So this will be the moment I realize I definitely underestimated this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, and then I will have to escort them out very unfriendly because no one hurts Francois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then, like, are you are you attacking them then? Like, I would guess so. Yeah, because I mean, there's a there's a thing called seize by force, which is when you like use violence to get what you want. Yeah, yeah that's definitely it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So roll plus hard. So I roll four, but I have three, with it. You you have plus three hard. Yeah. So four plus three is seven. Yeah. So you get you get a seven to nine here. So you get to cho- choose two out of these four options. Okay, great. You inflict terrible harm on them. You suffer little harm yourself because you're gonna like, you're gonna take damage. Yeah. You take definite and undefined control of the situation, or you impress, dismay, or frighten your enemy. Pick two. I'm definitely gonna frighten them. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you want to deal them terrible harm, take little harm yourself, or take control of the situation? Take control of the situation. Okay. So uh, I think you have two armor. It says on your like equipment. Yeah. What does it say? Two. Two yeah. armor. Yeah. So describe what you do to take control of the situation here. Okay. So first of all, I'm impressive to look at. You are. Absolutely. So that's going to be your first one. They're going to be like, oh, shit. And then I'm going to tell them that this is not the way to handle any situation and that you have to keep a cool head no matter how much you had to drink. So so how do you get Rouge's attention in order to... Because I imagine that like Baloo is like standing a little squirrely on the side and he sees you coming and I think he just leaves. Like Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because I'm impressive to look at. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And I think I would step too close so she has to look even more up. Yeah. To actually see me. And then I think it'll be like, this is not how you talk. Yeah. This is not how you behave. And this is not what you're doing this night. So if you would please leave. And this is the last time it's going to be asked nicely. So, so she looks at you in like a mix of terror. And again, like, because I don't, she wasn't really aware of the fact that she was about to shoot Francois. Because she's very drunk. So she looks at you. She has her gun in hand and she pulls the trigger again at you but since the gun deals two damage and you have two armor nothing happens like you take a bullet to the stomach with no effect whatsoever yes and she just looks at you fucking terrified so this is the moment i didn't actually grab the gun yeah because i do not in any way agree with this so i grabbed the gun and then 
with the gun in one hand and her in the other hand, I walk to the door and set her out. Yeah. For obvious reasons. And I keep the gun, but I let her go. Okay, so you, you have stolen you have stolen a gun from one of Kickshirt's soldiers. Yes. I think uh, that's a smart so, move. So so write down on your gear that you have a gun now. I mean you have you had plenty of guns before. I think so too, yeah. On account that you were playing the gun lugger. <laughs> but now you have one more. Ooh. Francoise, how are you doing? Uh, not good, presumably. You are in uh, immense pain. Yeah, but I'm tr- still trying to follow the situation. I'm um, just holding, pressing hard on the wound. Bright Spider, do you want to butt in and then in this I, uh, this moment? Bright Spider, having observed this entire proceeding, you know, through the the haze of one or two drinks, uh, is at this point not very gracefully, but efficiently climbing over the bar to try and help Francois and his profusely bleeding wound <laughs> do you want to try to um oh right sorry we we actually forgot when you suffer harm you have to uh, you have to make the harm move oh so uh, you took two harm so roll two dice plus two this is going to determine how how uh, how shitty this wound actually is this is the only roll in the game where you want as low as possible okay so get two sixes it'll be great four plus two Four plus two, so six. So you get no extra... Co- like, like yes, you've taken two harm and you're in pain, but you are still, like, cognitive. You're still aware. So so you're still in in the situation, essentially. All right. So I'm, I want to say something to Rouge. How, how far away is, uh, is Rouge? At this I point? think Rouge has been chucked out of the establishment quite violently. I think, you've, I think Rouge, like, stumbles out and... By Betty, like, gripping her, I think Betty has broken her shoulder. All right. Decent. So I, I, I say, uh, hey, Spider, thanks. Uh, thanks for the help. Uh, Betty, can you come over here and help me uh, help me get up? I, I need to say something to Rouge. Okay, so then I just, like, walk you over to the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can lean on me in this case. And, and Rouge is standing out in the snow, like, like whimpering to Baloo. Oh, fuck, I'm so much pain, though. That woman is a fucking monster, and and Baloo is going Thank like you. is going like, I know we got to play cool. We we should head home. We shouldn't be here right now. And then the doors open, and they both look at you like the two of you with fear in their eyes. Gentlemen, you shot me in my own establishment. You're gonna tell Kickshirt he's gonna have to make up for this. Yeah, man. Whatever you say, man. Can we can we go? Get the fuck out of here. And they, they dash out uh, into the snow, like stumbling over the frozen pond that is next to the establishment. Bright, while both of them are outside, Bright Spider behind the bar just keeps trying to tend to the customers <laughs> in Francois' absence. She's like, I suppose someone should be serving the alcohol. Greatly appreciated. <laughs> Thanks, Spider. You're a star. We're going to get back to Cindy momentarily, uh, but there's a lot going on in the bar right now. So, Spider, do you have staff? Uh, Francois, that can take over while you are like, because you're shot. So, yeah, I, I think I have one guy. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's Rolf Ball who is uh who is tending to the. Oh yeah. So Rolf, can you keep can you keep everything running for tonight? I have to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I can. I, I gotta fix this. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep the bar running, man. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I got it. I got it. I got it. And this, like, very overly eager. He's maybe, like, 16, 17, something like that guy. He, no, he's, he's a little older. Let's, let's say he's, like, 22, something like that. Very, also very, like, squirrely looking kind of guy. He, he jumps the bar 
and just like starts flipping bottles behind it, like super excited to be doing this. Thanks, Rolf. You're a sport. Oh, you know. You got it, Chief. Don't worry about it. I got this under control. So, Bright Spider, after you've been like relieved of duty by, by Rolf Ball here. Um, no what... money went missing, I promise. Oh, cool. Cool. What do you do? Bright Spider realizes that the uh, the set hour is closing in, so mm. he's going to start making his way towards the appointed meeting ground of the evening, as it is intended to be a cult gathering. Mm. There has been uh, thing you know, things have been happening, so it is always good to tend to one's flock in these troubling times. So he heads he heads a fair bit away. It's not that far away. It is. Uh, it's at uh, Jeff's hog farm. Oh, okay. He uh, farms pigs towards the outskirts of the habitable area, so the the congregation moves that way. He was told earlier in the evening by Jeff that he was uh, eager to do more for the cult in his current position, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Jeff is a little pissed off, mm-hmm. uh, but you arrive at Jeff's hog farm to... Uh, like. Describe this place a little better for me. Like, paint a picture. Jeff's Hog Farm, it has a sign. It's a relatively modest place. It is the the remnants of a house from before things went uh, a bit poorly, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, it's more off towards the, the Nydalasjön on fire, but, you know, more foresty than it is open. And it has, it's a rundown building with a very ramshackle fence surrounding a very muddy area in which tramps a lot of hogs. All right. And as you are walking towards it, it mm-hmm. starts to smell terribly. Mm-hmm. And and like you know the smell of Jeff's hog farm and this is not the smell of Jeff's hog farm. Hmm. Troubling, but uh, I I'm not entirely sure what could be causing it, so I just quickened the steps. Yeah. If there's a dead animal somewhere nearby, I'd rather not stay around it for too long. Is there like a building or something like that that you go into? Mm-hmm. Uh it's uh, Jeff's uh, dirt basement. Oh, Jeff's dirt basement, of course. It's yes. been successively expanded over many years, just like piece by piece until it's a relatively large commodity, mm-hmm. co- accommodating room. Mm-hmm. So you open the, like, I guess the way down to the, mm-hmm. the dirt basement and you hear like a slow murmuring of voices coming from, from down there. Mm-hmm. And, and as you walk down the dirt steps, you see, I think, six or seven of the people from your congregation. And they're standing in a circle looking over something. And everyone's, like, talking very quickly to each other. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll, I'll approach. I have no des- need to announce myself. I'll instead try and figure out what it is that has drawn their attention. So I just slip up to the back of the crowd, much like I did at the ritual earlier at the bridge, and try to peer over a few shoulders. Mm-hmm. So you see, you now hear, they're, they're talking about, like, what, what should we do? Should we tell Bright Spider? Should we, like, what should we, what, what's going on? And, and someone goes, like, Bright Spider can't do anything about this. And then you look over, and you see that, like, on the ground is one of your followers, uh, Haywire. Mm-hmm. And he is lying shirtless on the ground. And he is, like, his skin is, like, almost pinkish red. And he is writhing in pain. Uh, Bright Spider will gently part the sea of people that has surrounded him. Mm. And, uh, and, and like, you do. Like, the first person you touch, mm-hmm. they, like, flinch at your touch. Nobody had heard you enter at all. So you almost get, like, sucker punched in the mm-hmm. face by the first person who, who you part. 
Mm -hmm. My child, I assure you, there is no need to be frightened. I am here, and all shall be put well. Would I be so presumptuous as to acquire what it is I am looking at? This is Ken's fucking doing, one of, the, one of your followers says. Look, Haywire is burning up from the inside out. Mm. He, host, he gets to host his fucking rituals out in public, gets everyone involved, and you think this is not going to have a backlash on us? Are we just going to stand there and take it? We, we heard from Jeff what you did at the bridge. And what did you hear from Jeff that I did at the bridge, dear Jeff, child? Jeff wanted to interrupt the ritual, and you did nothing. Mm. We should fuck this guy up. Would you rather have seen tonight's congregation be without me and our dear Jeff? We should do something. At least... Temper yourself, child. Nothing will be accomplished by lashing out violently and mindlessly. If we do, are we any better than those unenlightened that we try to inspire? We must know when to strike. We should strike now, you hear another voice, mm -hmm. voice say. And another person goes, yeah, we waited long enough. And where do you suggest we do that? Where do you suggest that the eight of us can do that will not immediately lead to the end of the enlightened and the surefire doom of everyone we are trying to save? And they, they like look to each other because you as their leader are now asking them to make a decision. And mm. none of like they're here because they can't make decisions on their own. Uh, so they like look to each other a little like un uncertainly, like uh, um, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then one person goes like like looking at you, brickface, and and he just he says, where where should we strike? Our strike will be subtle, as we are wont to do things. We are not going to scream and rave, raise pitchforks, and be seen as the lunatics they would paint us at. Violence will do nothing but solidify our view, their, the other's view of us as lesser. Instead, we will go out and we will talk. There's an old saying, it has become less important as of late, but the pen is mightier than the sword. And so I ask you, my children, why not take this to heart? I would ask that all of us Look to those in our vicinity and see who might be a receptor to our message. I know we have always done so, but with more fervor. After all, has this, has this incident not incited violence, unrest? Is this not proof that the message they preach is wrong? That the will above, the divine presence, wishes other things for us than this waste of life? And everyone is like nodding along. You have, as as you are wont to do, you have mm. spellbound your audience here. And they go, yeah, yeah, no, we shouldn't mm. sink to their level. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Rather, we shall try to find those that are receptive. Until our next meeting, as such, I will have a task for all of you here and all of the others who unfortunately couldn't make it. We must find more. We must widen our family. We must open our arms, and they must be brought to a location of sorts. More secretive than our normal congregations, but a chance to enlighten them and change things, finally. And people are, people are nodding. 
and I think we we pan from that scene there of you starting to like hand out tasks to these people as I guess Haywire is just left writhing on the floor. Uh, Haywire is dealt with after the immediate rebellion of the people. Just just put some snow on him; it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> Throw him, chuck him in the cold. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we cut to we see these like large doors that say operating hall on them large double doors and we we just see a man and he is he's holding a clipboard and his and he he pushes through these doors and we see Cindy Sweet's bedroom on the on the other side and what are you up, up to when golf ball your uh, your personal spy comes comes walking in i'm doing my night care routine night skin care routine oh god yeah we're in the apocalypse and you're still like <laughs> first of all skin is important sure. and cindy knows this she has very fragile skin mm. and she also has like some scars on her neck from uh, whipping okay yeah so that's not a pleasant sight for her but it's still something she looks at so, every night so like as we see Cindy here, do we see like a a bit of like an obsessive side as you're like covering these up or? No, they're on full display. Oh, okay. And this is the first time we're seeing them. Yes. And and I think that golf ball, this this older man, um, is like in his in his forties, something like that. He looks, he sees what you're doing, and he like very gently turns his head away a little bit, like out of respect for you. You can look. It's fine. I've not come here to stare. I've come here to deliver troubling news. Then do it. Our neighbor to the south has gotten in touch with us. He claims that your ward attacked two of his soldiers. Does he now? Seriously hurting one of them. And he, he is wanting to remind me and to remind you that the truce between the two of you stand on a non-violence agreement. Well, send him this reminder that three months ago, he broke Camo's hand. His second-in-command got into a little fight with Camo, and violence was used. It's called revenge, sweetheart. I'll pass on the news. I don't think that our dear neighboring warlord will be happy to hear this, but it is as you command. You know what they say, an eye for an eye, is it not? Very well. Good. Go deliver. And he walks out of the room as we, we see you, uh, we see you like standing there with all these scars fully showing. Like, how do you look? Like, as soon as he leaves... What what's what's the like you you had a very calm composure there, but does do we see any crack in that? Like her shoulders slump down and she can finally drop the ice cold act. Yeah. She's more fragile now. She's more she's more of a like a human now. She doesn't have her walls up and in her bedroom where she's all alone with guards outside. Yeah. Not inside. She can just relax knowing that she is safer than she used to be but she's also still on guard okay and she's feeling lonely yeah we look over to the big bed where uh, jeff used used to be 
you you have some you have some work to do there uh and i think that is the final scene for today's episode we cut to black there as credits roll thank you so much for listening and join us back here next time there was a lot of th- there's a lot of things going on yeah. i feel yeah. yeah um but i hope you've enjoyed this very first episode and come back next time until then, I have been your master of ceremonies, Jakob Savstian. And with me, I've had... Jens Kalkerzal. Verona. Your creepy cult leader, Alexander Stian. And Tjalda. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Dicey Performance, which is a part of the Umeå Theatre Company and Umeå Folkuniversitetet. This episode is edited by Jakob Savstian, engineered by Lynn Olsen, managed by Joanna Velosa, Art is by Vincent Ekvall, and PR is by Alex Rader. And the project manager is Jakob Saustin. You can follow us on Instagram at Dicey Performance or on Twitter at Dicey Perform for more updates, behind-the-scenes photos, and character art. Thank you so much for listening.